Hey everyone, this is Sebastian, and this is the Classical Hour on Trending Up. If you're new to this time and have not heard this before, we invite you to hear one of the classics by Vivaldi, The Four Seasons. Nah, I'm just kidding. Um, we're super excited for the conversation you're about to listen to. We have Tony, a pastor in New York who is working alongside uh, Edgar up in that area, and he shares with us about his journey and the challenges that he faced and how important it was to have friendships with people that were Christian that helped model kindness and love and, and authenticity in their relationship that led him to come to know Jesus and become a pastor where he is pastoring now. And he also talks to us about addiction and what he faced and how he was able to find healing and freedom. And so it's a great conversation. Don't miss it. Keep listening, and we'll hear you guys on the other side. Hey, Trenders, welcome back to another episode of Trending Up. We are super excited for the conversation we have in store for today. Uh, we have a great ho- a great guest, and we're super excited to uh, introduce him and to hear his story. And so, Edgar, yeah, who do we yeah. have today? So today I have a friend uh, who works with me in the great state of New York, outside of New York City, of course. We got to make that difference. Uh, that difference. I, I met Tony a few years ago, um, and uh, he's pastoring in the New York Conference. And he has, I believe, you have four church districts. So he's a man. He's a busy man. So thank you, Tony, for jumping on, and um, we're gonna have a great conversation. So we're gonna mm. we're gonna talk about um, some perspectives on on our podcast that uh, we believe that everybody has their unique story, and that God has worked in their lives in a, in yeah. their own different way, yeah. and that's fine. Uh, and uh, Tony, thank you for for joining us. So Tony, um, I believe you grew up in in New Jersey, right? So so tell us about yourself. So. Where do your parents uh, live? Uh, where did you grow up? And then, um, hmm. then tell us your experience with Christians because everybody has a different experience. So, so go for it. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for having me, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I was born in Staten Island, New York. Uh, both my parents are from there. So, uh, we moved to New Jersey when I was three. Um, I grew up about 30 minutes from the Jersey shore. Yes. I wasn't exactly a part of that crowd, but the drinking and stuff was a part of my young adult life mm-hmm. later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I was raised outside of the Catholic church. And the reason why I say it that way is because we were just Catholic by name. So, um, you know, we went through the motions, the traditions, but, um, we weren't even good, bad Catholics. So we never went to church at all. So not even (laughs) Christmas and Easter. Um, so needless to say, I had very little knowledge about God. Uh, never read the Bible for myself. Uh, pretty much all the knowledge I had about God was from TV shows, movies, or just from what other people would say. Hmm. So it really wasn't anything important in my life. And, um, I was pretty much raised with the idea, like, as long as you're a good person, you can make it into heaven. Yeah. So, uh, 
the danger with that type of mentality is that you become the judge then of what's right mm-hmm. and wrong and you yeah. can right. move the goalpost as far or as back as you want. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, which will eventually affect, you know, how you live your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So as I, as, as you share your story, um, <clears throat> we highlight the idea that, uh, we can highlight the idea that everybody, um, uh, no matter like where, where you are, you, you, you have a sense of who God is to a certain mm-hmm. extent, whether mm-hmm. it's ignorance or, um, you, you gone to church, right. And your perspective was different. You're not, a, not even an Eastern Christmas catholic right (laughs) so christian (laughs) yeah so then so then um today you're pastoring so i share a a little bit about uh your experience because eventually you met a christian or uh, how did you get to meet uh who christ is Uh, how was that experience for you Hmm. so what led to that uh which i think is an important part of my story is that I was in the military. Uh, I had oh, injured okay. myself during training, so mm. I got medically discharged, which led to the downward spiral. Mm. So I was very depressed. I was very angry, uh, and I was self-medicating through mm. drugs, alcohol, you know, going to parties, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So needless to say, you know, my life revolved around work and mm. the party life. So the guy I was working with at the time, I was an electrician apprentice and the guy who was teaching me was a Seventh-day Adventist. Uh, Never heard of Seventh-day Adventist before. Uh, I was 19 when I started working with them. And what was obvious was that he was different. Hmm. Uh, you know, he wasn't cursing, he wasn't stealing, he was honest in his work. He outworked pretty much everybody who was there and he was more than twice my age. So, Hmm. you know, I think he was in his fifties when I first met him. Wow. Wow. So, you know, the character was definitely a tip off that something was strange about him. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, but also the way he treated me. So like he kind of like took me under his wing and mm-hmm. taught me the trade, whereas other guys would not really teach me everything, right. you know, because of the fear that you would take their job. Mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. So, you know, he, you know, showed me how to do everything, but he was also mentoring me as far as life lessons. You know, yeah. when I was going out doing these things, he would ask me why. Mm. Yeah. And I never thought about it before. So like, <laughs> He kind of like treated me like his son almost, like kind of yeah. giving me direction. Yeah. Um, which led to him witnessing to me about Christ. And mm-hmm. at that point in my life, I really had no interest at all. And, you know, I don't want to go into too much details about the nitty gritty of how bad yeah. I was, but yeah. I was getting drunk every weekend. Mm. I was hothead and I was smoking cigarettes, premarital sex. So that lifestyle. Yep. So I cursed like a sailor, Um, Mm. you know, just nothing about me screamed that I was interested in Christianity. Right, Uh, right, right. uh, So, so that's a good, good spot to like uh, ask a few questions. Um, Mm -hmm. As you're sharing your story, um, you, you highlighted the idea that um, his actions spoke louder than anything he could say Mm -hmm. at the moment. Right. Mm -hmm. So, we we realize that that the way that um that, that God works in our lives and the way that He uh, changes us from the inside is actually mm-hmm. not that we're, you're trying to be we're trying to be like work dependent 
like trying to mm-hmm. show people, you know, I'm a Christian or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but the the bit the best example for the evidence of even God is a changed life. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So 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 you saw that and um that is what uh so I have a question for you. You you said you were nineteen when you started being an electrician. Um when did he start when were you actually more interested in spiritual things like was it two years a year six months a week what was it uh i'd say it was probably two years uh when i first started working there i didn't start working with him right away um but when i did start working with him he was the really the question that set everything off was do you go to church Hmm. and me being a wise guy said you know i have better things to do on sundays (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. He just looked at me. He said, "Well, why do you go on Sunday?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, my response is, you know, everybody goes to church on Sunday. So he's like, "No, Saturday is the Sabbath." So, yeah, yeah. my mind, I'm thinking, well, I got one over on him because everybody knows that the Sabbath is for the Jews. Mm, mm. So where I grew up was a very large Hasidic Jew population, ah. and. Everyone knew that on Saturday they shut everything down. Right. Yeah. Right. People yeah. knew about the Sabbath, but that mentality that this is only for the Jews is pretty much what That's I was prevalent. taught. Yeah. 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 For sure. So I thought I had them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so for sure. I, I tell him this, and he's like, "Well, no." Said the Sabbath is for everyone, and then he yeah. started to explain to me where the sabbath was changed in history and that's mm-hmm. really what set things off and he challenged me he said go buy a bible and read mm-hmm. it for yourself mm-hmm. yeah 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 wow yeah yeah for sure wow. for sure well wow. that's that's pretty um it's pretty interesting how uh god is working in everybody's life um in a different way like mm-hmm. i think that uh something that i encountered uh, for as a pastor so i came to pastor uh, about 6 years ago and I, I I was like super energetic, and a lot of people um, that I met in the churches, which I, I love them, but it's just the truth. A lot of them were like, "God is not doing anything. We're the only ones that are actually responding." Like, God, no one, no no one wants to come to mm. church, right? And yeah. um, I think your story is highlighting how uh, God is working everybody, um, like within his, your freedom of will, right? Right. right freedom right. of choice. Like yeah. He's not yeah. violating that, but uh, people are searching for God and um, that experience about about like Sabbath and mm-hmm. the current like circumstances that you're in made you think about that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So so was it, uh you know, as you had your conversations with with this with this guy, was it just a matter of weeks or months or, you know, how, how long what kind of that period? Because many times I think as, as, as Christians, as you're trying to share and witness, right, that, you know, the term we would use to tell others about what we believe. Uh, we think that it's, I'm going to tell you once, if you don't accept it that day, I'm out. I'm not, you know, it's yeah. like, take take it or leave it. You know, today's your only chance. Uh, but most of the times it's not like that. It takes a while. It's it's a friendship you're forming, a mentorship or, you know, tell us a little bit about that, I guess, uh, timeline. Yeah. So it wasn't days or months. It was years. Wow. Yeah. 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 Um, from that conversation to the point of me getting baptized was about five years. Wow. So yeah, needless to say he was patient. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he continued to witness to me. He continued to be my friend. And that's what really uh, helped me to trust what he was saying. Because when he first taught me about the Sabbath, mm-hmm. and I realized, well, if I got the day we're supposed to worship wrong, what else did I get wrong? And that's kind of what opened up the mentality for me to start asking questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. And by, you know, when I got to that point, poor Paul, the guy I worked with, because I just bombarded him with questions every day. <laughs> so every day I would come to work, I would have a new question because I started yeah. reading the Bible and I would read something I wouldn't understand. So I'd ask him about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So asking him questions about God, about Satan, about angels, about you know, heaven, hell, death, you know, you name it, I probably mm-hmm. asked it. Mm. So it was like a continuous Bible study for five years. Every wow. day we worked together, you know, five days a week, eight hours a day. Mm. So, you know, we're wiring houses, we're driving in the truck, and he's just constantly witnessing to him, teaching me, uh, help me to better understand these things. Mm-hmm. And the pieces mm-hmm. just then started to come together and make more sense to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned um, the friendship. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that's something that's really key. Um, I, I once was at my house and I received um, a knock on my door. And uh, lo and behold, it was two, um, a gentleman and a, and, and a woman and a lady. And they were from a specific church and they were asking me if I was interested in God and so forth. And once I told them, yeah, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor. They're like, all right, see you later. And I think that was highlighting the idea that sometimes as Christians, we want to share our faith, but not have friendships. Yeah. Like, so, so I have a question for you. Um, or, or because that person that knocked on my door was only interested in them telling me and me joining them. Right. right so right. my question to you is, do you think, things would have been different if he didn't have a friend he didn't have a friendship with you and he was still trying to tell you about the sabbath do you think it would be different uh, you can say yes or no I, I i don't know absolutely um you know part of you know before i go too much into that paul's also mm-hmm. sharing his experience with christ with me so mm-hmm. his yeah. journey. uh yeah. so that was really testifying at the same time that god is still alive today working with people which mm-hmm. is a thought that i you know, didn't have at the moment. But yeah, yeah, I mean, the fact that it, you know, he cared about me as an individual, that we talked about other things besides Mm -hmm. faith. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, We were friends. We worked together. You know, we joked together. So, you know, I think it is possible, but also important to have friends outside of the faith. Mm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it helps to show that you're a normal person, right? You're not just a one a of these, uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, a weirdo Christian that all you do is, uh, you know, I like that too. I, I try to, I try to cultivate as much as possible friendships that you know, with people that you interact with, your barber, people you do, you know, life with, people that you just see in your routine, right? You go to the store every so often on the same day of the week. You bound it, you know, you find someone. So. And just showing that, you know, as Christians, we are normal people. We watch shows, we listen to music, we we play sports, we play soccer, you know, whatever it is. Um, and it, it, t- it takes me back to your point, Edgar, where where um, I think many times, especially when you're in the Christian circle and, you know, you're, you kind of see people and non-believers and people that aren't a part of your faith group as kind of the, the, the goal or not the goal, but something to 
to attain a goal, right? So it's like, okay, if yeah, I want to go to heaven, project. I have to reach yeah. people, right? So they're a project. And if I, the more people I get, the more stars on my crown, right? Instead <laughs> yeah, of yeah, seeing yeah. them as the goal, right? As kind of your friend did, he saw you as a, hey, if you get converted or not, if you accept Jesus or not, I just want to be your friend. And yeah. in that time span of the five years, you were able to see a different way of living um, that spoke to you, right, in your situation. And uh, that was more powerful than him just sitting down and giving you the 28 doctrines in five minutes and saying, all right, do you believe? Yes or no? Because if you don't believe, you're going to hell. And it's yeah. like, yeah. that doesn't work like that, right? It's just, right. it's a journey. And it's a, you know, and that's what I, I love that you're saying that because I think it is, we're, especially living in a, in a time in, in society where everything is so uh, fast paced. And, you know, we want results now, 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 and especially as pastors, we can fall into that trap of like, oh, man, I'm not this person is not giving their life to Jesus. I know I met him yeah. last week, but what's yeah. going on? You know, and it's like, right. hey, it may take days, months, years, generations, some, you know, we, we may not even see them decide to follow Jesus. And so our, our whole job is just to be like like your friend and just plant those seeds and be a friend and, and, and provide a healthy and safe community for them. So. I appreciate no, that. I love it. I love it. No, I, absolutely, uh, Tony. And, and I think I think you're highlighting um, something that uh, that is really important in today's society. Uh, uh, Barna, for those that are uh, associate uh, know about Barna, they're a um, is a group of people who uh, do studies upon Christians and in relationship with non Christians and so forth. Mm. And Barna uh, recently came out in the last few years came out with a study that said that the majority of Christians actually don't feel that they should uh, share their faith with others. They feel that um, telling people about Jesus, like in the sense of trying to convert someone, right? Convert, right? That that's a negative thing. And and I don't, you know, it, it's interesting how how Christians have that mindset. But what we what we encounter is that is that Paul, right? You mentioned Paul, um, Tony. Mm -hmm. That's his name. Paul yep. actually cared about you, and that's not just to get you in a pew. That's because he cares about you and. He saw the importance of Christ in his life. So then naturally, it's not that, again, you're trying to get something into a pew or into a right. church or into a baptistry, right. but you right. care about them because God has the best intentions for their lives. And mm -hmm. I think that's super important. Mm -hmm. So as, as we go forward, um, you, meant, uh, you eventually left uh, being an electrician because today you're a pastor, you work for the conference and so forth. Um, how was that transition like? As you started to get like head knowledge, because you mentioned the Sabbath, right? You seem like a, someone that's very intellectually based and everybody's different, right? But how did how did you eventually get to the point where you believe that God called you into ministry? And how was that journey for you? Hmm. So the five years of me and Paul becoming friends and him witnessing to me. And I just want to add another thing is that it's not our job to convert people. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's good. Yeah. That's key. You know, yep. Yep. We Absolutely. live our life, you know, following Jesus mm -hmm. and we present the truth as it is in a loving mm -hmm. manner, but it is up yeah. to God then to continue working on the individual mm -hmm. part, mm -hmm. yeah. which yeah. is really what happened with me because after those five years, I believed all the doctrines. I understood what they were, yeah. Um, yeah. but it was all up here. Yep, head yeah. knowledge. Yeah. So I heard a pastor say that the longest journey any person can make is from the head to the heart. Mm -hmm. Oh, mercy. That's oh, that's good. Thank you. That's all really right. where I was at because I believed everything, everything. And my girlfriend at the time, who was not a believer, 
called me out for being a hypocrite because I was telling her these things, but my life did not reflect anything that I believed in. Wow. So I, wow. I was still getting drunk. I was still getting high, you know, mm-hmm. we were still doing things we weren't supposed to be doing. So she called out me out on it. And that's what really like it clicked. And I woke up yeah. realizing, okay, she's right. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, God actually showed me in a dream. I had two ways of thinking and I had to make a decision. Wow. So no longer you can be on the fence. You know too much at this moment to keep doing both. You need to make a decision. Which way are you going to go? And it startled me because that was like really the first time I felt like God was interceding in my life. But that's when I decided, okay, I want to go with God all the way. And at that same time, Paul comes to me at work and he tells me, Tony, you need to get baptized. Mm. (laughs) I didn't tell him what happened, but comes to me so i know that you know god's orchestrating all of this yeah yeah and he tells me you need to get baptized and i told him i said fall i'm not ready to get baptized i'm still smoking, <laughs> i'm still drinking i'm still doing all these other things he's like go to the church get baptized and let god take care of it amen so i went to this church I told the pastor about my, you know, journey up until that point. He was very skeptical. You know, here's some guy who just walked into his <laughs> church out of nowhere. Uh, you know, I did the Bible studies. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, I was with Paul, you know, learning from him. Uh, but anyways, he decided that, you know, he'll baptize me, but he still wants me to do Bible studies with his elders. Yeah. So, yeah. begrudgingly, I said yes, because I already did the studies. So, I thought I knew it all. <laughs> but... Anyways, I did the baptismal studies three times uh, wow. by the time I got baptized. So anyways, <laughs> wow, I got wow. baptized, but I was still struggling with all of these addictions. Hmm. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the transformation didn't happen right away. I, the difference hmm. really at that point was that I was willing to allow God to work in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to do it on my own anymore. I was wow. Wow. submitting to him and his will. And that's really what baptism is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, At that point, I remember specifically when I got baptized, I felt peace for the first time in my life in a long time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I knew God was with me. And at that point, it was just like, I know what issues I have. And I just started giving them over to the Lord. I was praying and begging Mm -hmm. the Lord to help me to overcome these things. And literally one by one, he was taking away the desire for it. So, you know, the drinking, the smoking, uh, the drugs, you know, the women, Mm -hmm. all those vices that I, you know, took on for myself. You know, God was taking away at that point because I allowed him to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I, I. Um, in the beginning, you mentioned uh, the beginning of our conversation. You mentioned how um, when you went to the military and you were you were hurt and you weren't able to continue, you were really um, were you consider would you say you were depressed? You're going through a season of depression. Yeah, yeah. Was, so probably pretty close to suicide. Wow. Oh mercy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So so then that led you to self medicate, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So what w- w- in self medicate in this. In, so with that is that we turn to things that give us some kind of comfort, even though they're destructive, right? This is the interesting part of like human experience is that sometimes we think we're free by going to things that actually entrap us in that cycle. So with that being yep. said, 
um, you mentioned that. Uh, so you were baptized before you gave up smoking, right? Yeah. Wow. So uh, you pastor. You pastor today. How how do you think your church members would react if they knew you were baptizing someone that was smoking? Uh, it would definitely be controversial just because, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the past of dealing with individuals in the churches, you know, everyone has different views. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the way I see it, you know, with my baptism. Perspective, and, yeah, perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my perspective of it is that I knew what, was wrong in my life, but I couldn't yeah. overcome it on my own. I had to wow. give it, give my life over to Christ in wow. order for him yeah. to help me. Yeah. 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 It's good. The difference is there are people who don't want to acknowledge the things that yeah. are wrong in their life. At that point, I wouldn't baptize them. I would still continue doing studies with them until they come to the conclusion that they have sin and they need to give it up to mm. the Lord. Mercy. When they get to Mercy. that point, you're ready for baptism. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Uh, go for it. Go for it. Continue your thought. No, I was going to say, you know, and that's, I would baptize someone who's struggling with smoking if they acknowledge that, okay, this is something that's wrong in my life and I need to give it up to the Lord, but Mm. I need the Lord to come into my life. So no, no, for sure. And I I think that's really important because um, even in the church, like um, uh, to be honest, we've had a lot of people on our podcast trenders uh, that um, grew up in the church. Um, but even if you're born in the church, sometimes there's this feeling that you have to be perfect mm-hmm. in order to follow God or mm-hmm. in order to um, be interested in spiritual things. So like, let's say you, you uh, someone is struggling with a certain addiction or an action or something that he shouldn't be doing, right? Then they just throw out the baby with the bathwater. They throw out God and it, they're like, ah, I can't, I can't, right? Yeah. Instead mm-hmm. of telling people like, we must um, surrender our lives to Christ. And yeah, there's something in your life that, uh, that, that, that there, um, there shouldn't be, but mm-hmm. that transformation only happens from, from, from God, right? right? And I think that's really important because um, we can't do it ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Tony, you couldn't do it yourself. No. You just couldn't. Absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, you need to, you need to surrender. Yeah, that's that's powerful. And it goes back to a point you were saying, right, that it's not our job to transform or change people. It's the Holy Spirit's role and and that's why it's a journey, right? Everyone's in such a different place, you know, uh and and struggling with different things, but I, I love that idea, right, where it's really important for us to surrender and 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 going back to to Edgar's point of of how we run to different things because we think it brings us some sort of uh comfort or uh or pause from the pain that we're feeling, right? The only true thing that can give us that peace and that tranquility in the midst of our storms and really bring, you know, solutions and healing and freedom from addictions and whatever it is that we have is the power of the Holy Spirit and it is God. And so we fool ourselves thinking, okay, I'm going to run to this. I'm going to do that. And if only I can get these five or 10 or 15, 20 minutes where I'm not wrestling or thinking about this, then I'll be good. And what that happens, it's just a, it's, it's an ongoing cycle where, right? where it's just, you don't really find happiness. You're, you're living from high to high when God is promising us a, a life that 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 is full of, of uh, fulfillment and joy. So I, I appreciate that. I think that's 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 very powerful. So, uh, Tony, uh, what should we say to someone that is an addict to something that it, and especially a destructive thing? So you mentioned 
Um, I mean, anybody can be addicted to donuts, but you're not going to hear someone preaching from the pulpit. Stop eating donuts unless you... Unless, unless, if unless your church is talking about not eating donuts from the pulpit, I think the perspective is in the wrong place, right? But but with that being said, um, what, what are some things that we can stay away from to... Because we can discourage people who are going mm-hmm. through addiction, right? So what are things that we shouldn't? What do you think as you reflect on how God worked in your life? What are some things that we shouldn't say to people who are struggling? Well, if you've never gone through it yourself, you really don't understand what they're going through. Um, I think more Christians need to be empathetic and compassionate towards people who are not Christians. Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Even within the church, you know, being compassionate to one another. But <laughs> uh, the devil's propaganda, his lie is these substances will bring you happiness and peace. But really, it's only temporary moments of pleasure. But you mm-hmm. immediately go back to the state you were in before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so trying to help somebody realize that they can be set free and have peace consistently uh, through a life with Jesus. Um, so, you know, smoking for me was probably the hardest one for me to give up. Okay. And smoking, go ahead. Go for it. Go, no, no, go, no, go for it. Finish your thought. Uh, smoking, like any other vice, it, it starts out as taboo. So I remember the first time I smoked a cigarette, you know, it was like, Ooh, we're smoking cigarettes. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, don't tell mom, um, yeah. you know, we are hiding it. Um, it, you know, it felt exciting and you know, that could be like the first time you drink, the first time you do drugs, the first time you have premarital sex, you know, list whatever advice you want. It always starts out like that. Hard, and yeah. then you get away with it the first time. It's like, okay, well, it wasn't that bad mm-hmm. the first time. So then you do it again and then you do it again and then it becomes more normal and it continues to be a part of you until it is a part of you. Hmm. So hmm. I didn't start out smoking a pack a day. I started out smoking yeah. maybe one or two cigarettes a week. And just because I got more comfortable with hmm. that particular sin, I started to do it more. Until I became known as a smoker. Hmm. So it takes over. It's not just the addiction. It's a habit. Hmm. Um, And to try to explain that to somebody who's never experienced it before. It's as strong as the need to eat. Or Hmm. to drink when you're thirsty. Mm -hmm. That's how strong the addiction is. Wow. So somebody who's hooked on drugs, somebody who's an alcoholic or even a sex addict, that pull, it's like something that your body is craving and needs and you have to do it to fulfill that craving. Mm -hmm. So it's not something to be taken lightly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I, it took me probably seven or eight months after I got baptized to finally get over it. And that was only through the intercession of God, because I constantly prayed and asked God to help me to get over it. Yeah. And he answered my prayer, but not in the way, you know, I was looking for. 
but I got a sinus infection and a throat infection at the same time, both oh, of which wow. very painful if you're trying to smoke. So God <laughs> did answer my prayer. Through so I've yeah. been able to smoke for a month straight. And at that point, he got me past the worst part of it. Mm. But then it was my decision to continue to not smoke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So God interceded in a way to help me to break the habit, mm-hmm. but then it was mm-hmm. my choice to continue down that path. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I, I think something that you mentioned is that um, the lack of empathy um, is what gets us in trouble, especially if we haven't gone through um, a vice like, like smoking, which is highly addictive, right? And you, your body just re- responds violently when you don't get it. So mm. with that being said, um, you mentioned something that, that when, when we, when we need to realize that we don't know how it feels to be in the person's shoes. Yeah. And I think that when, when we have that, um, limited perspective and we acknowledge that that's, that's humility mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. how many people want to say, Oh, if I was in his shoes, I yep. would do this. Yep. I would do that. Right. Easy. Um, Easy. So, so what we have is sometimes, well, not sometimes we need to humble ourselves and, and mm-hmm. before God, right. And then towards each other and be like, look, the Lord has worked in this way um, and so forth. Um, and uh, be compassionate mm-hmm. and in the world, in, in, in the, in the world of um, outrage, right. Today is like, if you're not mad at someone, then you are something's wrong with you. Mm-hmm. And and I understand that anger has its role because it, the, mm-hmm. um, it, it reminds us that something is wrong. But yeah. but to the point though is that we need to be empathetic and compassionate uh, yeah. with people yeah. and so forth. Yeah, I like that. I, and I, I like going off of that, Edgar. You know, it's just what you were saying, right? We really don't understand where people are coming from and what they're dealing with, and. And even though sometimes, you know, you, you may hear of older pastors or older church members that are like, I've seen it all, you know, <laughs> and you may have seen a lot, but every situation is unique, right? There's different, you know, we, we like to stereotype and say, okay, if they're coming from this family or this type of family or this location or this, they're, they're this ethnicity, we're like, okay, we know how to handle it. And it's the reality is that everyone is coming in such a different background and set of choices and, and decisions and settings that brought them to where they are today and so like the best thing is just to obviously trust the holy spirit in every conversation and and interaction you have with these individuals but also i think just to always choose kindness and empathize right um don't feel like you have it together don't feel like you know what what a turnoff it would have been if if your friend would have just been like ah you know i know exactly what you're going through and and if you keep down this path you're going to go to hell and if you don't you know and it's like okay i don't want this 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 weird christian guy over here right but he was able to journey with you. And then at the right time, then he had, when he had the friendship, when you had some intimacy already, he was able to come in a little stronger and say, hey, you need to get baptized. Hey, you got to do this. But if he would have come in with that same level of, of, I don't know, the same level earlier on, that could have been a, a big turnoff there. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony, as, as I reflect on, um, on, on this story, um, for me... Sometimes it's easy to um, tell people like how bad they are. Like Christians, we're really good at that because we have the Bible, right, um, and so forth. But um, if 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 Paul had just said how you're stupid for you know 
being addicted to this. You're stupid or something like that. Or you're going to hell. That's evil and so forth. Then that person is labeling themselves as evil, as stupid. They're identifying. I, I remember I, I've learned this as a parent is that if you tell your child you are stupid when they do something bad, it, it's not that that stupid actions are okay but if you tell someone you are stupid that's that's not saying the action is stupid that's saying the person is stupid so then that changes their whole perspective on uh how they feel their self-worth and and so with that being said um if someone had just labeled you as like a, a lost cause or something like that then the opportunity to meet christ would have never been there and then also um i i, I believe that people need to understand how much they're loved by God and also their shortcomings. It's, it's a package deal. And, and I feel that um, we're not trying to make narcissists, right? Like, yeah. oh, you're great, right? Like the world revolves around you. But it's supposed to say, like, you're great, you're loved despite your brokenness. And I think those are two different things, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, very interesting. There's a, a misconception that I want to point out. And I had this misconception, which is what was keeping me from getting baptized, hmm. that the smoking and the drinking and the drugs were the worst things in my life. Hmm. Um, and I think Christians often will put these on a scale and they'll put that those vices up on the top, along with, you know, uh, homosexuality, uh, yeah. premarital sex, whatever it is. But they ignore the bigger problems, which is the character problems. Yep. Yeah. So when I was talking to Paul about my problems, he was laughing and he said, Tony, those are the least of your problems. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea what he was talking about, but right. he was really right. kind of saying like, you got to deal with pride. You got to deal yep. with impatience. Mm -hmm. You got to deal with jealousy. Mm -hmm. You got to deal with humility. So, these are things that a lot of Christians don't want to talk about that right. they themselves have problems with, but they want to point out the problems in everyone else's lives mm -hmm. that are very apparent. Yep. Yep. Mercy. That's great. And so Jesus says, right, you're, you're so quick to try to take the speck from your brother's eye, but you have a plank coming out of yeah. your own eye. Right. So it's just the the ironic and just the, like the stupidity that you how you look, you look like a fool trying to do that because you have this piece of wood in your eye. And so I love that. I think that's a great, that's a great, uh, what's the word, a caveat or a great uh, lesson there that it's always important to, you know, the moment you feel like judging someone else, <laughs> go to the mirror and ask God, God, what I had there, there's something else in me. What is it that I need to change? Right. Because yeah, we fail to, wow. to check up on ourselves, but yeah, right, yeah, um, yeah. That's powerful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Tony. I, when you were mentioning, um, the least of your problems that like how Paul said it, as you remember it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I mean, I think that if, if I were to be in that situation and, um, I would be tempted to say, you're right, Tony smoking, that's the worst, you know? And, but what that creates though, is that let's say you do give up smoking, then you get baptized. Then that creates a person that says, I'm done with smoking. Yeah, yeah, look at me. I Good. Mm -hmm. I made it. And man, the bad, those the liberals, right? Or the conservatives, they are the ones that have problems. Mm -hmm. Rather than saying, like, you know, the Lord took away this addiction. He has plenty of more to work. And I submit myself to him. And I, you know, thank you for sharing your story because for me, um, it 
it's it's easy especially um especially uh since i grew up in the church um it's very easy to have this idea that you know i'm a i'm a second generation third generation adventist you know i've been going to the church i i've my family's been taking me to church right it's not even me and and and, and it's like like we have to like humble ourselves and submit ourselves to the lord um and that's really hard because each day right we want to not be humble we want to be proud right and yeah. and i think that's really really key so so as as now you're pastoring today um and 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 as the lord's still working in your in your life what are some uh for our listeners our listeners are people who are walking with jesus right we're we're trending with jesus we're trending with jesus every day so what are some um recommendations or uh advice. It, yeah advice reflections from your personal life to people who are walking with Jesus, those that are walking with Jesus are in the church or those listeners that mm-hmm. aren't in the church, but they're, you know, they're, they're open. They're open to talk about uh, uh, God and, and, and give um, some, uh, an open door per se, a mm-hmm. cracked door. So what are some things that you would tell our listeners that are trending? Yeah. Uh, the best advice that I was ever given, I'll give to them and then I'll add to it. So, Paul told me before I even went to the church to talk to that pastor, he said, Tony, when you go to the church, don't look at the pastor, don't look at the elders, don't look at anybody in the church. You keep your eyes focused on Jesus and the Mm -hmm. Bible and you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to add to that. It doesn't mean that the people in the church can't continue to teach you and help you in your journey. But the example (laughs) we are shooting for is for Jesus, not for the people in the church. Mm Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of people get discouraged because they look at the hypocrites in the church and they say, well, what's the point? Right. Yeah. So that protected me in my journey from giving up because there are a lot of hypocrites in the church, but I've constantly kept my eyes focused on Christ. I go and serve him, Mm -hmm. put him first. And the life of a Christian is a life that is daily submitting to him every day that's good yep every day every moment you know satan doesn't give up even today satan still tries to tempt me with the same things that i overcame years ago Mm -hmm. he doesn't give up Mm -hmm. yep and the work of the holy spirit if you remember back in john 3 when jesus talking to nicodemus be born of the water and the spirit it is dual submission Mm -hmm. the first submission is to christ that is the justification part Hmm. The part that we miss is the submission to the Holy Spirit, and that's the sanctification part. Hmm. That's the part that takes a lifetime. Hmm. So, you know, being patient with yourself, but also allowing the Holy Spirit to continue to guide you, to be your personal trainer, to teach you what's right, what's wrong. Um, That is the process of a lifetime. So... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, that would be my advice is to consistently stay focused on Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to continue That's to it. work. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Trusting in him. Yeah. Yeah. Trust in him. And I, I really appreciate you bringing out the idea that, um, yeah, that, like the church can uh, aid you and str- strengthen you. But your savior is not the church is Jesus. Right. And I think that's really important because um I've met Christians who say, I follow Jesus. And then I'm like, oh, great. And then they 
at that same moment, they say, and I don't like you, Pastor, because you're deceived. You're part of the, et cetera. You, 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 something's wrong with you. So when we have a, uh, an attitude of wanting to learn, of humility, mm-hmm. of asking, Lord, how can this person lead me to you? I think that's really important because we live in a society where people are hyper-individualized. And, and what I mean by that is that, uh, for example, um, if, if, if a, certain, um, uh, a certain organization says, you should do this, then the person says, wait a second, why should I listen to that organization? Because everybody's trying to be like, they're, they want to do good in their own eyes. And that's the idea of back in the book of Judges. So with that being said, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus. The church is there to encourage and strengthen people. Um, and, and I think that that dynamic is important for our listeners to understand. So thank you yeah, for sharing that. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah. And there's power in community too, right? When you look at addiction as well and, and accountability and support. So Tony, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We appreciate your story, your vulnerability for being raw and sharing with us and, and just le- leaving all these principles and tidbits here for, for not just us as pastors, but also all our listeners that are, you know, maybe identifying themselves at different parts of your life, whether, you know, before you became an Adventist, before you came to know Jesus, or even in that growing phase, or even where you are now, right? Uh, different people will be able to uh, connect in, in different places. So thank you again, Tony. Mm-hmm. Um, if uh, people want to reach out to you and talk to you some more, where can they reach out to you at? Uh, maybe Facebook or Instagram. I'm not sure if you have any... Uh, yeah, I have uh, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, so my full name is Anthony Pontario Jr. Uh, my Instagram is a Pontario Jr. So it's all one word. Perfect, perfect. And so all right, put, thank, we'll you, thank, you. The, thank you, thank you, thank you. We'll link that in our show notes. And uh, th- thank you, uh, Tony. And uh, keep yeah, trending, guys. Awesome, awesome. All right, trenders. We'll see you next episode. And uh, just remember, keep trending up. All right, peace. <laughs>